So, uh, welcome to the Happy Startup School Community Podcast. Um, this is episode. It came after a couple of weeks. Um, well, a couple of weeks before we recorded this, Lawrence and I and Sophie had started to essentially map out what it took to put together something like Altitude, and it was <laughs> kind of mind-boggling all the bits and pieces and things that we need to do and put in place beforehand during and after and so what we thought would be useful for those of you who are looking to run your own events uh, to share how we do it and to give you a picture of what it's like to prepare for and be at altitude so i hope you enjoy this episode that's it co-voting sounds Co-voting. I love co-voting. <laughs> well, it's not that kind of retreat. Uh, that kind of retreat. There are those retreats are available. <laughs> I think we should branch out to those later on down the line. <laughs> cool. Hi, Nick. So this is a bit more of a. Um, uh, a less structured introduction to the podcast. Um, we're here at 42 Acres, uh, and, and Nick has just come in to say hello. Uh, but we're going to go with the flow. We're going to go with the flow. I'm going to say hello to Nick. Nick, come come here. Hey, Carlos. How's it going? Very good. Oh, sorry to interrupt. No worries. Good to see you. Good to see you. Cool. I might call you over later. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'll go. Brilliant. You carry on. So it's... Um, we're running a, a Ideas Cafe today at 42 Acres in Shoreditch. I'm here with Lawrence, and we... We always felt that was we should kind of share what it's like uh, to run events because I think we would run something quite special. We do things in a different way. I don't think we we've actually been to an event that matches the way we do events. Uh, and I think it's an opportunity for us to just share with you our perspective of things, particularly if you haven't been to our events. And I think one of the challenges for a lot of people who come to anything that we do, it can be hard for them to explain what it is. Um, but they know what it feels like, they just don't know how it works. Mm -hmm. So, uh, hi Lance, how you doing? Hi Carlos, <laughs> thanks for inviting me on your podcast. <laughs> Welcome to my humble abode. I was, wa I was waiting for an invite. <laughs> Tell me, what does this place look like? How does this place feel like? It feels like a very spacious, very warm church type environment. It's uh, loads of plants, loads of hanging plants. Very calming actually, lots of Super meditation calming. cushions. Feels very zen, very well thought through. I think the feng shui here must be pretty, pretty <laughs> oh good. Oh man, they're, they're feng shui to the max. It's a really lovely feeling of calm, uh, and it's going to be a lovely venue actually for Ideas Cafe. We're looking forward to that. Um, but really, what this this episode is about is talking about altitude, um, and that, that basically the story behind that retreat, why it exists what it takes to put it together, um, and also what to look forward to if, if you're interested in Altitude this year, what that looks like. And that's our shameless promotion bit. So we're going to teach you something, but we're also going to sell the hell out of it to give you a feel for what it, what Altitude could do for you. But to start off with, let's start off with where did Altitude come from? <laughs> what was the... The origin story. Yeah, why did, why did we even consider doing retreats because they're not easy no i think like like most of the things we've done it was a complete accident really or, or a bit of 
happenstance, serendipity, call it what you will. Um, so our first summer camp, was it 2014, or the first weekend summer camp we did, um, a guy called Jack Hubbard, who some of you might have come across on your journey. He's a fellow entrepreneur who runs an agency in Brighton uh, called Propellernet, and they're a I guess in his eyes he would describe it as a pretty unremarkable marketing agency who've done some pretty remarkable things over the years in terms of putting their employees first and thinking about new ways of doing business like us. And Jack spoke at our first event and he shared his vision for this place he'd moved to called Dream Valley in the Alps. Um, and it inspired us to think about, I think we'd always thought about doing an overseas event because we always had one eye on, on not just being a, a UK community but being a global community. And seeing people follow us around the world made us think, actually, you know, there's more to, to what we're doing than just focus on, on um, being a local company. And so that inspired us to think, okay, can we do something out there? And also doing summer camp, knowing how difficult it is to run a big event with a couple of hundred people, thinking about what would happen if we took a smaller group of people um, away, maybe with a bit less structure, and see what happens, really. Mm. I'm going to tap into my inner, inner Charlie, for those of you who follow this podcast and, and know... Well, actually, you know the Happy Startup School. You'll know Charlie Davies and his, his thing around uh, needs and, and clarity. And what there was actually something else. There was a need for us for mm. these events, wasn't it? It wasn't purely, oh, this is an interesting idea, but there's something deeper than that. I think there was a need for us as a co-founding team, and there was a need for us as an organisation, opportunity, but there's also individually, I think, needs that... Um, certainly I had, which was kind of anything that excites me gets me thinking there must be something in that. So the, the thought of doing an event in the mountains seems exciting. So there's some bit of adventure there, both in terms of physical, but also maybe a mental adventure with some like-minded people. The unknown, really. I think that's what often the best things I found that we do at the beginning, they feel a little bit unknown. Mm. And so when we were thinking about doing events, I think we knew what we didn't want to do, which was just follow the traditional way of doing things. So me and you would go to events and we'd be there with our pretty average coffee, um, kind of trying not to stay together so that we could, you know, work the room, but doing it really badly and ending up chatting together. Yeah. Um, seeing people throwing around business cards, or even if they weren't, even if it was a, a nice group of people, just that environment, and everyone's been there, I'm sure you all have, most of the people in our community hate networking. I don't think that's a negative. I think it's just the way those environments are designed. They're not geared up for us to show our best selves and, and the people who do thrive, thrive in those environments aren't necessarily the people you want to be networking with so I think we knew what we didn't want and so anything that goes against the grain like that that felt more like a, a trip that you would go on with family or friends mm. um, so for me it was partly the travel partly the adventure but also just the thought of less structure really appealed the thought of not having to bring in speakers not having to bring in people to run workshops actually just bringing a great group of people together who share a similar intention, also get excited by that thought, and then really we see what happened, because the first one we really put it out as an experiment, we didn't really sell it on, this is what you're gonna get from it, we just said look, do you wanna come with us to the mountains with some cool people for a week? Mm. And it was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I think the, word, the key word there is uncertainty. Um, and I think a lot of people who are looking for events and wanting to go somewhere, they kind of a bit scared of uncertainty, but if, uh, the way I'd look at how uncertainty actually is beneficial to us is uncertainty creates the space for emergence. And if you're right, if you have, I think uncertainty is fine if you've got the right intention. So you, the way you said it there, people with the right intention, 
even if we have no idea what's going to happen, mm -hmm. we know whatever's going to happen is going to be good. Exactly, and our job be well, becomes and then became to bring together the right people who also got that, that mm -hmm. weren't looking for certainty, that weren't looking for what am I going to learn, um, even like who else is going to be there, what, you know, <laughs> what am I going to get from it, what's in it for me? Yeah. I think that's the difference, is anyone who comes to Altitude or even summer camp, but certainly to Altitude or any of the retreats we do, it's not about them, you know, it is about them but it isn't, yeah. it's about us, it's about me helping you and by me helping you, I help myself exactly. and that's the thing that we've learned. It felt right at the beginning in terms of there's something here but now more and more we're seeing evidence that ah oh, okay this actually does work yeah. when we take away money and we're just there for a week together and we have space then this is how collaboration works this is what it feels like to be in a space where we all just naturally want to help each other and then through that we don't get, we actually kind of don't focus on ourselves we get out of our head in terms of being obsessed by my thing you know we all are guilty of you know, sometimes having the blinkers on or just being wrapped in our own warped minds as entrepreneurs. And so by getting out of your head and helping someone else, you kind of have that moment of, oh, okay, I'll go back to my thing a lot more clear. And even if I don't come back clear, I certainly just stop thinking about it for a few yeah. minutes, which I think is quite a healthy thing to do. It's like a re-energizing, you know, even if you haven't got, you haven't had the epiphany, what you have is more energy to tackle the stuff that you need to tackle. Yeah, and also I think feeling useful. Mm. And that's one thing I found is, you kind of forget what you're good at and what you know and not that you're giving people advice but something you naturally do and find easy other people often struggle with and that's where we always try and use our strengths more but when you see that in action you actually think okay something that was took me two minutes could have taken them two years mm. to work out or two days or whatever um, felt like no effort for me and it's just helped them have a breakthrough and so just feeling useful again you know because we don't do um, web design work or things that we naturally used to do you know we were good at things and we used to sell our time to do those things now we do lots of different things and you kind of wonder actually what do I do <laughs> <laughs> we, we talk about this a lot having an identity crisis like depending on who you talk to in the in the bar you change your job title <laughs> I do anyway um, so actually thinking yeah I know about design and branding and community building and hosting and okay so just helping people with some of those things or even just like you do a lot on this podcast ask questions hmm. ask the right question or even just listen and just create a space where someone can just talk and they feel better just by letting out some steam or just saying a few words that, oh, okay, now I know what I'm talking about. I think that's an important part there in terms of this un space of uncertainty, not necessarily having some structure, is it we don't necessarily need answers from people. We just, like you said, need space. Hmm. Space to just think, space to express ourselves and be questioned, and then we work it out. Yeah. And I think we're grown-ups too. Yeah. That's what we forget is the people who get attracted to it are the people who welcome the idea of not having every minute programs. You know, the people I talk to who are coming to Altitude or coming cheer, they have all their lives programmed. They've got kids like us. They've got, you know, work. They've got to go, go be here, got to do this. You know, every day is kind of packed. Yeah. So the thought of going somewhere where that's taken off the table, and even if there is stuff going on, they can choose to do it. They don't have to do it. And that's one thing we always make clear at all our, our events is everything's optional so whilst we put on you know activities and there's workshops going on that happen not that we put on but that happen um but don't feel like you have to go to everything because otherwise you kind of it's kind of what you're running away from too <laughs> lose the essence lose the essence so it's that just that mindset shift of oh, okay i get to choose i get to choose what I, when i appear and when i lie in or when i pop up 
on the side of the mountain <laughs> you know that's my choice so that, that's very freeing for people and for us to to have that okay i'm not gonna have a screaming child demanding something from me it's just me and you demanding something from me yeah. but then it's um so that thing of not having to do anything uh it reminds me of our friend lawrence shorter uh, yep. and his book of the lazy guru and that thing about stampeding herd of shoulds mm. thunderous avoid herd of shoulds thunderous herds of shoulds of being able to avoid that we don't have yeah. that and that creates freedom yeah i think we're all guilty of having things on our list that maybe aren't things that we've put there ourselves mm. um so so and so demands this from me it's on there on my to-do list um I, I feel like i need to do like even today and we did an ideas cafe this morning in brighton and i was asking someone about instagram because they, they had ten thousand followers on instagram so how often do you post on instagram not as often as I should. <laughs> what should you be doing? And who says you should? You know, well, you're doing well with two posts a week. Yeah. So it's just that feeling of, is that society? Is that someone who did a course who told you that? Is you know, that's a, a small example of these pressures that we have to um, to do things that we just absorb naturally and forget, and we forget as a should. Mm. So with Lawrence Shorter's work, I remember doing a workshop with him, and he made everyone write out their shoulds, and he actually realised these are all shoulds. These aren't things that I want to do. Mm. And so you probably don't have energy to do them. So I guess at the retreats, we, we try to take those off the table. And so then it's just like, ah. Well, I'm glad you used the word energy. Yeah. Because I think that's, that's the thing. The shoulds take away energy. And <coughs> it feels like the way you're talking there about the retreats, it's, it's about energy and not, and not having it stifled or constrained or stuck. You just say, free to do what you want. Yeah. And free to be the way you want to be. And the one thing I've learned from doing these events regularly is those, th these kind of habits, I guess, we're trying to create for us in terms of being able to choose, you know, being able to go, no, I want to do yoga this morning, or I want to go for a walk with Sally Ann, or I want to have a chat to someone else about something uh, because I can and I have the space mm -hmm. and we're here. That's quite freeing. So then it, you come away with those from those um, trips, or I certainly do, and feed that into your day-to-day -day more. And those shoulds become less so because you go actually I remember how I felt in that environment at altitude mm. or the habits I developed and those are much more long lasting than just oh I got really inspired and we had a great time so we the feeling you have at altitude or we're trying to create is that feeling of space feeling of freedom feeling of energy but creating that freedom takes work <laughs> <laughs> and not a lot of people understand how much work it takes it, re it requires us to lose our freedom <laughs> six months of the year <laughs> and uh, we did a little exercise uh, a few weeks ago just trying to uh, essentially understand what is it it takes to put a retreat together I, I think the world ran out of post-its that day <laughs> so uh, maybe talk us through at a high level you know where the work happens mm -hmm. and then so people if you're thinking about a retreat and trying to put something together and you want to and you like the way that we're talking about retreats what what has it taken for us to make that happen well i think a lot of the principles apply to any event whether you know we started off doing small meetups and so we built our i suppose we did, a, did our apprenticeship on those things so we learned a lot um putting on small events but in essence there's an awful lot of upfront work which to be honest if we'd have known how much work was involved before we'd started doing these things, it might have scared, scared us off. But because we 
we're very good, I think, given our background in making stuff, we're very good at turning ideas around into, into something quickly and then getting feedback and then working out what it is that we, is, it, is there anything in this? And if there is, what does it look like and what, what does it become? If we'd have spent a year planning, we probably would have just not done anything. So I think we gave ourselves a very short runway to be able to put the first event on. But the more, it's almost like you don't know what you don't know. And so when we first did the summer camp too, you know, me and Fiona, who used to work with us pretty much around the first summer camp, and then we looked back and went, how the hell did we do that? <laughs> we gave, us, uh, gave ourselves like two months to put an event on for 100 people. Um, we did it, but yeah, we wouldn't do it again the same way. So I think more and more each time we do these, we build on that knowledge. And so when we actually mapped it out the other week, it looked a lot of work. And um, it, we put more work in each time, and each time you kind of fine-tune it. But essentially, we put in as much front, as, as much upfront work as possible to make life easy for us and everyone else when we're there. And I think that's the principle of everything we do: is like trying to make everyone's life as simple as possible. So, for example, you know, we don't um, charge a fee just for the training and the workshops, and then people come and have to pay for accommodation, have to buy meals. Um, and actually, that was one of the learnings from the first trip. I think we just really did half board, for example, with meals. And we realized, actually, there's people wandering around supermarkets at lunchtime trying to find baguettes, and it's just not the experience we want to create. So what we want to do is everyone gets there. They don't even need cash. I mean, as basic as that. Same as summer camp. So even just as simple as, okay, you get there, you do not need to think about anything. You know, that is taken off the table. Food, accommodation, your basic needs are met, and, and your luxury needs are met. Relaxed as hosts. I think that's one of the things that is important um, for our events is the hosting that we do makes everyone feel comfortable. And so if we're feeling stressed about things not being in place, then that's not going to be a great experience for us or for the participants. So all this upfront work is, is really needed so that we can relax when we're there and mm. know that things are in, in place. And so we try to leave no stone unturned and plan for the worst. And probably with your scientific background, <laughs> that helps to think about the unknown unknowns and making sure that there's contingency for almost every situation and as some of you might know we had a challenge at the end of last year where we had to find a venue at the last minute for our summer camp and we pulled it off um, nearly killed us but <laughs> we pulled it off um, because I think well a we've done it before and b we I think are good under pressure in that situation certainly you were um, which I think just gives you confidence so the more planning you can do up front the more you can be unplanned when you're there. <laughs> well, there's, there's um, in terms of the work ahead, there's, there's the curation. So there's the planning, of course, of transfers, food, getting dietary requirements, liaising with um, chalet owners, um, liaising with people who are doing the activities. But there's also work around getting the right people there. Yeah. Um, and there's also, I think the thing that you touched on there about us being relaxed and, and being able to host and being part of it, I think that's something I believe a lot of people miss, is like the energy, as a host, the energy you give off at the event is going to leak into everyone else there. Yeah. So if you aren't happy, if you're not enjoying it, if you're not part of it, then people will sense that. And for us, that's, I think that's one of the key mantras, I think, of this, of hosting events. And you had, you yeah. know, some key elements that you 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 put together as what makes for a, an impactful event or retreat. Yeah, so there was there was four key elements really, of which hosting is one. So, like you said, hosting really how you show up, like you said, is, is how other people 
behave or how you want other people to behave so you almost set the culture and the dna of the event by the way you are so if you're as a host being quite sort of um, closed and guarded or a bit polished and you know formal then that's going to set the tone for everyone else if we're making jokes if we're like talking about that mess up that we made in the build-up or talking about something that shows a bit of vulnerability that's going to set the tone for how other people show up how we greet people how we interact how we support people so whilst there's a there could be a formula like we take this format and someone else does it they might do it um, a different way because of the way they would host so I think that's one of the things that are important um, the other thing like you said is the um, the place we do it in so we we choose deliberately inspiring places so that from our experience um, when people are in a different setting in nature surrounded by inspiring um, uh, scenes then we just naturally feel more at ease and so that is key for us too so whether it's a beach in India whether it's the mountains of Oregon or the Alps these are places that make us drop our jaw and go wow you know you're in awe mm. at, at nature and that combined with the people we bring together and the essence of this which is about space those four things really intertwine to create this um, experience like you said that we've not experienced in the other setting and um, so we've got us turning up in the best way we have an inspiring sp setting space to be free um, people mm -hmm. that's an important job and that's something that you you spend a lot of time thinking about mm -hmm. um, and maybe uh, some people who run events they don't appreciate that curate how important that curation but is for some a retreat like the ones that we create yeah so I think this comes up a lot not even just to do with events but so many people we meet I, talk, I think you talked about this in one of the previous podcasts I listened to about we build a thing and then we want to find people to buy the thing um, mm. we didn't have an idea for an event and then decide to try and find people to market it to we had people that we invited to that first retreat so it wasn't about um, is aptitude, well it was about is aptitude viable but we quickly tested it out with people we wanted to be there mm. so we had a hit list of dream people that we knew who we'd love to be there and that was the that was the starting point like this mix of people and then we opened it out to a wider community but we had a core of what we call dead certs you know mm. people who any conversation you have with them is going to be one that's going to help you it's going to inspire you um, or maybe make you laugh whatever you're not you don't have any doubts about those people and that was really at the core of what we did and from there we can introduce other people so we opened it out to our wider list and we just saw who applied and then mm. just started to cherry pick people based on because there's an application process yes you and don't that's the just thing. buy and you're here you can't just show up on the door with you know a bit of money in your back pocket um, and that was important for us the, the scarcity aspect so it's not let's make this bigger and we could make it bigger if we wanted to but it's not about that we really want to keep it to 25 people because we found that that is the size group that really bonds at that level for that seven day experience um, so that was important scarcity was important and bringing the right people together and we've learned over the course of the last few years that diversity is so important in terms of um, not just gender and um, background but types of industry ages interests but I think the unifying thing which when people say what do you look for when you're looking for someone to come to altitude it really is 
the values, which are, you know, our happy start of values, really about openness and collaboration and fun, wanting to do good. Um, but also just a mindset of maybe there's something else, maybe there's something bigger, maybe there's something that we can all create together or individually, but collectively we can push push ourselves forward, our businesses forward, humanity forward. And so looking out for those people who might not fit into the startup or entrepreneur mold, but have that mindset of, it's hard to put your finger on, but mm. you, you know it when you see it. And I yeah. certainly know it when I see it. And we've had actors from India come to our retreat. We've had uh, people who work for the UN. We've had Kumaran who came on our first retreat, who runs an IT company in Chennai. Um, so these are all, you know, a real mix of people who normally would never bring together, but it just works. And the reason it works is because A, they're connected to us and there's almost trust through proxy, you know, mm. but also there's that relief when people go, okay, no one here is, no one's here to sell to each other. No one's here to mm. make money from each other. Everyone's here to be in this place and have this time together and enjoy that and be present and see what comes from it. And that excitement like we had, which is childlike wonder of what is it? What mm. could it be? It's the unknown. Like, you know, the people who don't come, and that's probably worth talking about too, is the people who think it isn't for them or they're not ready or they say they can't afford the time or they can't afford the money. Often it just means I'm scared. Mm. <laughs> I'm scared maybe about what might come from it, change that might happen if I create that space. Yeah. Um, I'm scared maybe about putting myself in that environment where I'm vulnerable. Or it could be I'm not sure if I'm worthy enough. Am mm. I the right person? You know, these, are, these people are so inspiring. How could I be that person? Mm. Um, but the way I see it is it's up to us to decide who comes. Just put your application yeah. and you never know you might get the golden ticket and mm. if it's not this year it might be another time in the future and it's not about judging that's one thing I always make clear I, so in terms of the process we have an application process I generally have a call with people who I think would be a good fit and I get back to everyone obviously but I think the main thing is finding out if it's a good fit for them and a good fit for us mm. so it's not us like a you're coming to it get a job it's a job interview yeah. no we need to make sure that this is right for you because it might not be right for you you might need more certainty you might need um, a course or you might need coaching or you might need something different and there's people that we've sent away and they've realised actually yeah you're right I I'm, I'm looking for guarantees that we can't give them mm. and so it's important for us to have that clear line of you know and I say to everyone I speak to look I can't promise that you're going to achieve this by the end of the week if you're coming with I've got my work that I need to get done or my notebook that I need to fill out with all the answers to my questions. Well, I can never guarantee that. What we can guarantee is you will come away smarter than you arrived. Mm -hmm. A bit like Ideas Cafe, but on another level. Yep. You'll come away feeling inspired. You'll come away with 25 new friends that you'll, many of whom you'll be friends for life with and you don't know what might happen. Mm. You know? And that's we can probably talk about some of the stories that have come out over the years no, I was but thinking on the point of friends and what happens when you actually meet these interesting people the connections that have been made I think those stories are very important for people to hear so the thing that amazed us after the first altitude was I think it's a good indicator of how strong the bonds are that formed um, we had a tech entrepreneur who came to altitude from um, uh, from Norway and he He's now VC, and he came to the Aptitude in the US as well, so he's, he's been back. And he, uh, he connected with someone from Ireland who had just started this um, 
social enterprise, wasn't it? Gars uh, social enterprise. It was an event aimed at children. And um, yeah, a week after altitude, Haya, is the Norwegian guy, decided to go to Ireland to watch Gar run his race. And he's like, I've just met this guy a week ago. And now I'm traveling, you know, across Europe to go and watch him run a race. And he was sharing the photos of that trip and they were having a ball and he got to meet Gar's family and friends. And they're still in touch today, you know, five years on. And that's just one example of the kind of bonds that people develop over the course of that week. People share things that they often don't share with their friends and family to someone they've just met. And it's, um, I guess that's one of the biggest endo endorsements of the work we're doing is people feel comfortable doing that. It can be alarming because they're not used to opening up in that way. And even higher, I'm sure we would admit, he's not one of those sort of people who have those conversations out loud in a business environment. But um, when you create that space and people feel relaxed and welcome and um, at ease, then those conversations naturally flow. And so people share things and build bonds in a way that we've not seen happen in a very short space of time anywhere else. Mm. And so that naturally leads to friendships. <coughs> Our friendship, I think, is important too as the heart of this, not just altitude, but the events we do. And the community we've built, is, it's been born on friendship. So again, it sets the tone for how other people operate. And you know, we've even had people who say, look, I don't, um, people don't make friends often as you get older. You know, I probably thought when I got to 40 that <laughs> I've made all the friends I'll ever make because we all get a little bit set in our ways and maybe stay in our little bubble mm. and get comfortable and that's nice but the last five years we've met more amazing people than I ever could have imagined we'd meet in our lifetime never mm. mind in, in a few years and that's led us to you know not just building a community but building a, a network of friends who and visiting the world visiting the world yeah and again don't believe everything you read on Instagram it looks great but yeah. as we've said there's an awful lot of hard work goes into these things so we, we live for those moments mm. Um, because we know how impactful they are, not just for us, but the people that come. But the work that goes into it isn't something you can shy away from. So if people want to put on their own event, then do. And it's a bit like the way I equate it to, it's like building a startup mm. in a super quick time. So everything you need to think about, all the challenges, all the highs, the lows, um, is equated to the entrepreneurship journey. You know, your doubts, your fears, you're testing things out, you're not sure if it's gonna work. Oh, it's going really well. Oh my God, I hate myself. What am I doing? <laughs> Building a team. The thing I like about events is there's an end. Mm. There's a- Self-contained. <sighs> we're done. And, you know, we probably won't get a chance to talk about what happens afterwards, but there's aftercare, there's, yeah. there's follow-ups. Um, and again, we've learned that we're not an events company, we're a community. And so these events are a stepping stone to this wider community and, and support that we offer. So we don't want people to feel, okay, I'm done now, mm. get on with my life. Yeah. This is like, no, what's, what's next? You're connected. Connected, but also there was a reason you came yeah. and you were trying to do something or change something. And that reason isn't gonna go away. So now, now the work starts, not yeah. you're done. This is like starting point. Yeah. So for some people it might be changing career, some people it might be starting a business, some, some people like us might be closing a business, yeah. which we did after our first aptitude. But that space just creates that moment of clarity that you then know what to do. Yeah. And then for some people the scary part is either doing it mm -hmm. or um, sort of getting their head around doing, <laughs> doing yeah. it. Yeah. So there's um, people Hearing this, they, they understand what it takes, the work that is, involves getting into it, and they might think, actually, I don't want to do that myself. Why don't I just come to Altitude? 
And if they were thinking of coming this year, what would they look forward to? What would they look forward to? Um, so we face this challenge with a lot of the events we do. We want to keep the essence of what it's about whilst also keeping it you know, interesting for us and changing a few little things. Um, so like every year, we have a beautiful chalet in the mountains. Um, it's, I mean, it's ama you know, amazing views, um, fully catered, food's beautiful. Um, we have lots of activities going on. So if you've been to any of our events or seen the pictures, you'll know we, we always have an element of well-being. So each morning there'll be a well-being activity going on, whether it's Pilates, yoga, or a mindful walk, or sometimes you might offer a breathing qigong breathing session, just to ease into the day. And I think the meals are really important. So breakfast and dinner, particularly our time we spend together, and that I think the work community I've read somewhere is actually means breaking bread together. You know, so that idea of the community is formed from sitting together and eating and, and exchanging bonhomie. Mm. Um, but given we're in the mountains, the real magic happens out there. So we go on hikes, we go and stay in a refuge, a mountain refuge, which is an adventure in itself. You know, in the past we've had sun, snow, storms, <laughs> and that that is a metaphor almost for the week. You know, mm. you you fight through these battles and you get to the top. Um, and so doing that together as a group is really is always the highlight. Spending that time together in a huddled up in a hut, having hot chocolate or wine and sharing card games and songs. Melted cheese. And a lot of congealed cheese. Um, <laughs> we're, on, we're in France. Um, it's not the best place if you don't like bread and cheese, but there are alternatives. Um, but it's just that, you know, if you've ever been on a trip together with a group, whether you're young, old, or, you know, in between, there's just that feeling of we're all on this journey together yeah. and we're part of this experience and we'll never recreate this we'll never be together all in this group in the same way you can have as much adventure as you want exactly so some people decide to opt out of the more adventurous activities i mean there's we do rafting there's um bike tours if people want to do it through the rock forest and parapenting. down parapenting i mean you've thrown yourself off a mountain i'm happy watching other people do that um i've seen the video and that's enough for me i'm not best when i'm uh, in a car never mind flying around upside down on a parachute but yeah i think that i think what we've seen is adventure is different for everyone yeah and i was having this conversation with kim who runs unlost used to be unknown epic he's a community member you might have seen kim slade and he wants to do epic adventures all the time it's what inspires him but you know we had this conversation which is actually what's an adventure to you is is just out of reach of some people mm. for some people going out in the countryside is an adventure go for a walk as an adventure so a bit like success there's no one measure of what adventure looks like so that's there for people if they want to and when pe people push push themselves physically mm -hmm. we've had people come to altitude who would never try things on their own but in the comfort of the group with that support um, they feel safe to try maybe um, flying down a river mm. <laughs> at, at speed or even just the physical challenge of the hike you know yeah. if some people aren't particularly physically strong or active then that's a real challenge in itself but the group's there to support them, um, or they might just decide to be part of it. Cool. So we have hopefully given people a flavor of where altitudes come from. Um, I think given people an understanding of what it means to us, mm -hmm. why it exists, rather than just uh, an event, an opportunity we saw in the market. Um, and what it means to the people who come 
um, and uh, what what it creates for those people. Um, and there's there's the four P's. Well, the four P's. You've got your hosting, the four elements: uh, hosting, people, uh, space, um, and setting. Uh, how those four elements are key to what we do, and then there's essentially our servicing our needs, being making sure that we're present. Um, and if you want to do something like this, the work that's involved is very much um, that's given, but how you turn up yourself is going to be key. Um, and, and finally, I think it's I think it's one of those things that's hard to describe unless you've been to it. <laughs> and even when you've been to it, it's still hard to describe. Yeah. So it's, it's an experience that you can only feel. If only we could actually read each other's minds, which is scary in itself. It would be a lot easier to communicate. One thing we often do at the start of the week is ask people how they described it to their friends or family <laughs> or colleagues yeah. or bosses if they're uh, in the company. And the response is always really interesting to find out, like, how did you describe altitude? <laughs> so we've had everything from a leadership retreat. I mean, that leadership retreat seems to be a popular one because it feels like a thing yeah it feels um easier to explain yeah. i'm a leader of it a team <laughs> it's not a workation because that sounds like a holiday how do i explain to my accountant yeah, yeah, yeah um but just finding the angle what what was it that really resonated with them mm. and i i think the thing that keeps coming back so whilst you can't always it's really hard to describe a feeling sometimes it's not it's not like an outcome it's a feeling right mm. it's like a feeling of connection or a feeling of um, inspiration, all those things come together. But I think the key thing that kept coming back was this mix of self and business. Mm. So the mix of me yeah. and what I do. Um, so it's not a personal development retreat where we go and do yoga and meditation all day. We're there to find ourselves, or we're not. That, we're not there just to hustle and learn about business. Um, kind of elements of both of those things mm. without the hustle. Mm -hmm. um, but learning is the heart of it. I think learning from each other learning how to live a better life, learning how to build a better business, learning how to just be a bit happier, <laughs> all the things we talk about, and learning to enjoy being out in nature, because that's often where we get clear, and sometimes we don't even need to look for the answers, we just go wandering and it, it comes to us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Happy Startup School community podcast. If you want to find out more about what we do, then check out our website, www.thehappystartupschool.com. You'll find out more about our community, the courses that we offer, and also the conversations and content that we're trying to create to help you get clear about how to build a purposeful business without burning out. So if you're trying to balance the money and the meaning, creating impact and avoiding imposter syndrome, then join us and our group and tribe of like-minded, caring, compassionate and flawed entrepreneurs on this journey trying to work out how to make money, do good and be happy. <laughs>